0: Well, good morning. We're excited you're with us today. We are coming to the final verses of the book of James and because James in his final verses to his reader, he so highly pronounces and reiterates some of the points that he made through his through this book. He talks about the difference between authentic faith and counterfeit faith and the distinguishing factors therein. He talks about our need for intimacy with the father and to reach out to him in prayer. Talks about the power that's available to us because of what Jesus did for us to the Father. And so we saw all of this, and we thought, because we're closing this series, we thought a genuine opportunity has presented itself for us to capitalize on a special. Type of service, And so this morning, we want to worship a little differently if it's okay with you. This morning, we're going, to, we're going to worship through the teaching, we're going to worship through music, and we're also going to worship with intentional times of prayer. So whether you're in this room as the faith family of the fellowship, or you're watching online and you're in your living room, we ask you to engage. We ask you to open your minds and your hearts to what God may have for us. And we're asking for God to just simply lead us. So, Father, we ask that you would just come. And we ask that you'd have your way, and Holy Spirit, we ask that you would start to, in our minds and hearts, open us to what you may have for us, direct us. If we're a little heavy in this room today, we pray you'd lift us. If we're excited today, we pray that we would be um, praising you. And Father, today, if we need direction, you'd order our steps. As we turn our attention to you, Father, receive our worship, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So in James five thirteen to 16, it says this. It says Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful, effective. Today I want to give you a point. That I think that he is trying to drive home here in James, and that is that we have ministry in community. We have ministry to one another within community of the body. He says, if you're happy, uh, I want you to praise the Lord. If you're sad, I want you to pray. Now, in view here, I want to make sure that we understand what we're talking about. Like, there is a God who created us in His image, and we trust the Lord in this. We trust that He knows the human body better than anyone else on the planet, so He knows what you need and what I need, and He can heal those who, when before it's time to take them home to be with Him. He, if He wants to restore them while here on the earth so they can continue to do ministry, He'll do that. But that's not necessarily the sole context of this passage. When he says the word sick here. If you remember, we've been talking through this passage and there were rich amongst the body that were oppressing the poor. And we talked about the poor last week. So he's talking more about those who have been downtrodden. They've been depressed. They are heavy with a lack of hope because of the oppression they're feeling even by other Christian brothers. And that's really the context of what he is lifting here. He says, I want you to call upon the elders of the church, those who are your shepherds. When you as sheep don't have the faith to pray a prayer of faith yourself, I want you to come Ask for the elders to come alongside you and lift your arms and pray for you in faith. And he says, You know what? If you've endured wounds, if you've endured some lashes from your master, if you are physically have abrasion or bruise, I want them to bring with them oil and I want them to anoint those bruises, practically caring for the sheep as is their call. So, like, they would bring like a frankincense oil and they'd put it on that bruise or that cut and they would pray over it in, in hopes that it would. So it's not necessarily, we believe that God can relieve a fever if he so chooses, but that's not necessarily the context in which James is talking about here. He's talking the elder has the ability to come alongside to help lift up that who is too weak to lift themselves. Verse five, eight, uh, James 5.8 from last week, he said, stand firm. He says, don't collapse under the weight of oppression. Well, Right here he says, but if you can't lift yourself up, if you cannot prop yourself up, Then I want you to call on the elder to come alongside you. If you're too weak to do it yourself, too emotionally or spiritually sick, to offer prayer for yourself and faith, then I want you to ask them to do it for them. I want you to ask them to lift you when you can't lift your own arms. I want you to ask the elders, your shepherd, those you trust, those who are spiritually strong around you, to encourage you. Much like the picture of Aaron and Hur coming alongside Moses when his arms were too heavy, they would lift each arm in an effort to keep him strong as the leader and the, the one who had hope in the banner being placed over the people and they would be successful, the people of Israel. So, he ends with this thought. In this, verse, this set of verses, he says, I want you to also be healed through confession. He says, look, if you are here and you are the rich, but you've, you've found some of your wealth acquired on the backs of the very poor amongst you, then I want you to confess that confess that to an elder, confess that to someone who, who loves you and you see the error of your ways now and you want to repent of that. He goes, walk along someone who's spiritually strong enough to hold you accountable and lift you and accept that so that you can begin to walk in righteousness and worship the Lord in purity. But he says, but if you're, if you're the oppressed, if you're the poor and you feel downtrodden, you're hurt, and he says, maybe, just maybe, You've sat in a service like this and you've looked across the aisle at the others, maybe the rich who have oppressed you, and you've silently judged them. Well, they're not suffering quite like I am. No one in here is hurting like me. And you, you thought that it was righteous because you didn't voice that. You just kept it within yourself. I remind you what Mark 2 says, that Jesus knows your thoughts from afar. He said, confess that to an elder. Get that out. Don't, don't continue to harbor a, an opportunity for bitterness to To take root. Don't allow resentment and division to happen within the body. He goes, give that to the elder that they might pray for you, walk with you in accountability so that you can purely ask for their help and you can walk in righteousness as well. So this morning, um, we want to pray a prayer of of faithful restoration. We want to pray a prayer of covering. We want to ask for those who are spiritually strong here to lift up those who may be a little weak. It says that in that confession, and that love covers a multitude of sins, and the prayer of the, of the righteous is powerful and effective. Maybe you're here today and you say, man, God is being so good to me right now. He is blessing us, and we are so excited today. I have just praises to sing unto God. Will you just slip your hand up and say, God is being so richly kind to me and my family right now. I just am so thankful for Him. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's good. We're going to say a prayer of thanksgiving as a people for what God is doing in those who are richly experiencing his blessings. But maybe maybe you're on the other side of that coin right now. Maybe you're a little sad, maybe a little hurt, maybe a little bit sick with the oppression. And you say, "I'm just feeling heavy and I need someone in my body, in my family, to lift my arms a little bit. I need someone to pray for me. Maybe today, will you just lift your hand and say it's kind of heavy right now and I don't know where the light's going to come at the end of the tunnel. I'm not sure, but I need prayer. Thank you. Who else? So, you know, it's just kind of heavy right now. I'm feeling kind of down. I need prayer. Just lift your hand. We don't need details. Amen. Well, here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you to kind of silently to yourself, or you want to say it out loud right there, a prayer of blessing over those who raise their hand because they're blessed. Just a prayer of praise and and join with our Father in the way that He is richly blessing our brother or sister. And then I also want you to pray a prayer of faith for those who feel a little heavy right now and need a fresh wind, need revival, need the Father to come and relieve them. You pray right now as, as Aaron plays, and then I will I'll say a prayer for us all. Father, I thank you that you love us. And not only did you give us a relationship with you through your Son, you gave us each other, and you have not left us as islands unto ourselves. So for those who are in worship with us right now, whether in this room or in the home in their living room, Father, I thank you that, God, you are richly blessing some in this room right now, and they're experiencing the richness of their relationship with you, and they're walking on the mountaintop, and I thank you. We turn our eyes to you and say, God, you alone are worthy. This is unto you we sing praise, and we give you the glory. We didn't do this. We're thankful, but we are just so thankful for your kindness. And this morning, we want to lift the arms of those who right now know you're kind, who trust you, who've experienced that goodness before, but right now in this moment, they're not experiencing that, God. It's heavy right now, and they're not sure when they're going to get reprieved. God, we know that you know and see the end, and so we offer prayer and faith because no matter what we walk through, your word is true. Romans 8 says that you will use all things for our good and for your glory and so Jesus right now I pray that you would just relieve the hurt and the pain and the attention of those who are struggling whether at home or in this room and I pray that you would lift their arms and I pray for them in faith that you will come and revive and like a fresh wind speak to their spirit their heart and their mind and God offer them hope today I pray that they would look upon your love and collapse in your arms as you have said, Come to me, all who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I pray rest for my brother or sister today who's just been carrying it and it's just too much right now to bear. I thank you for the opportunity that I have as a brother in the family of God to lift my brothers and sisters in prayer. To minister to them and to receive ministry from them because we are a community of faith under you. So Spirit, come and minister to our hearts and minds right now, I pray. and Jesus, may your name be lifted. And Father, may you receive all glory as we continue to worship you, turning our hearts' attention to the one who's truly due glory. We cry out to you. We agree with you. We need you. So in this, in the same thought, in the same vein, like of it being heavy, and also in praise, Eli, um, James writes these words, and he reminds the people of Israel and this 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 church that has come out of Judaism and mixed with Gentiles of this truth. He says, in verse 17, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. And then again he prayed. Heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. Next point is this. He says that we have a might through communion. Now communion is this intimate relationship that we have with the Father. It's, It's what we've experienced with one another in a spousal relationship. He says we have this real intimacy and there's might in that. We have power. We have access to a power that is supernatural, exceeds the brokenness of the world because of the veil being torn of what Jesus did. And are we tapping into that power? So here's the thing. I I love this passage. I love this portion because James could have drawn from any one number of examples of healing in the Scriptures. He could have looked at any one point in the Gospels, if what was in view here was physical healing. He could have looked at what his, his own half-brother, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, did amongst the blind, amongst the deaf. But that's not what he points to. What he does here is he reminds the people of God of their history with God. And now how they have this relationship with God and that access that in the Old Testament wasn't available to them except through a priest, that they've now become a royal priest. And it's, very, it's right there at their fingertips. And if they'll just turn to him in prayer, if they'll just turn to him, he will come and revive their land. And that's why he uses the example of Elijah. He says, man, he was a human being just like us. I know he's a prophet of God, and we have this this history and this reverence, and that's great, but he was a person just like you and I. And so when he prayed for that dry and parched land to be soaked with the rains, he's using this example for the people who in this time are hurting and they're depressed and they're sick with depression and oppression. And he says, just like that dry and parched land, maybe you have been dried up and your faith is parched and struggling. That's why we've called on the prayers of those who are faithful and maybe can like, be a covering for you and come alongside and lift you. And we're asking for God to come and revive your heart. If you'll just turn to him. He reminds them there's a motivation for the godly to pray for one another in faith. And I don't know about you, but I know plenty of people who are struggling with their faith. Maybe you know someone who once professed to know the Lord, but has turned or through circumstances become so heavy, they've seen that which once professed or seemed to be authentic or or at least was trying has been choked out by the circumstances of life. He says, don't lose hope. Don't don't stop trusting the power of the one that saves. Don't stop trusting the one who gave rains when there was drought. So your friend who might be in a struggling faith drought right now, he said, pray and pray earnestly. Don't leave your feet. Fall to your knees. Lay fast down face down kissing the ground asking God to come and revive your friend and if you are that friend who needs revival trust those around you to lift you confess to them I am at a place that is just dark trust them and trust the might and the power we have in him alone to come and revive the dry bones that need to live and dance you know, Second Corinthians five seventeen says that uh, we have the ministry of reconciliation; that God has given us that; that we are reconciled to Him, and we get the opportunity to reconcile others. And in the final two verses of the book of James, James reminds us of that. He says it like this: James five nineteen and twenty My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, someone should bring them back. Remember this: Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover. Multitude of sins. So the third and final point today is this that we have the mission of contrition. It's two words that stand out in these two verses for me, and they are wander and turn. Contrition is about that repentance, about turning from your way and really turning to His. It's like recognizing that my way was not the right way. It wasn't doing anything for me, and I'm going to go a different way. That word is Planau in. Greek, it says to wander, deceive, or to stray, but it's more than just to, like, be out on a physical journey, straying or wandering. It's talking about straying spiritually or philosophically drifting from the truth we know. And so, for those who, in your life right now, might be drifting, they may have, like I said a moment ago, they may have once professed faith but have wandered from the truth. For any of us who know the Lord and we have a true faith in Him, like we have been saved, this should break our hearts. This should bring us to the point of weeping because we know the end. And we know that we're victorious in Him, just like we sang, but we also know what awaits the terrible threat that awaits our friends and our family who do not know Him and are struggling with the truth. That word, um, that word, Turn is really repentance. It's epistrepho. It means to turn one back, to bring them into the faith. He says, whenever someone who knows me, truly knows me, takes that opportunity for the ministry of reconciliation, will go after the one, kind of like the parable of the lost sheep, will go after the one and bring them back. And we rejoice when they turn, when they repent, that we bring them, that all of heaven rejoices when one, lost sinner comes home. This is what he's entrusted us. This is the mission of the church. This is what he's called for us to do. And the only way that we really engage at this level is to take our eyes off ourselves and we place it on him. And we place our eyes on those around us who need him. I have loved ones who don't know him. And when when I And brokenhearted over them. And my love that he's put in me for them drives me to the place of pursuing them in hopes to lead them to salvation. He says it not only covers a multitude of sin, like things they've done, it covers their life, their heart. It, it can lead them to salvation when I love them that way. It might be the thing that turns their attention and heart back to him because I love them enough to not stop pursuing them and to see their heart come to him. In Mike, it says that their sin gets thrown into the depths. In Psalm 103, it says it's cast as far as the east is from the west. How many of you, we just sang about it, have experienced your sin being cast as far as the east is from the west, no longer are you condemned by your sin, no longer held captive by your sin, but free? Amen? And how many of you know some in your life right now who just are not? And they know no other way but to live and scrap and fight for themselves. And whether they admit it or not, they could look. They may walk around with a smile, but you know how empty that smile is because they don't have contentment. They don't have joy. They don't walk in the peace of the Lord because His Spirit is not in them. The presence It's not there, but it's in you. It's in me, and it's a powerful presence. It's supernatural. It saves and redeems from the grave, and he's given that opportunity. He's given us, the church, that mission, not only in the lives of our family and friends, but in this community and to all ends of the earth. So This morning, what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask our campus pastor... Lynn Taylor to come and pray for the mission specifically of this campus and of the people therein that we would be about that ministry of reconciliation.
1: Bow your heads with me. In the silence of this moment, I want you to lay down thoughts what's happened this morning or what's going to happen this afternoon just lay it all down many of us know the Lord that we're talking about today some of us don't maybe you're online and you know the Lord or maybe you don't know the Lord we're talking about There are opportunities to ask him to come into your heart, into your life. Please don't leave today if that's you. There's all of us up here. We would love to talk to you about that. We'll be out here in the hallway and love to talk to you about that. And even chapter 2 in that same discussion is, do you carry Jesus with you if you know him do you talk about him do you allow him to lead you that's the mission of our church that's at the core of who we are it's about Jesus it's not about you it's not about me it's about what are we doing in that process of carrying the gospel every day regardless of circumstances every day then chapter 3 of that is for some of us very difficult do you praise him lay down your pride cast off your shame the ego that we all hold on to so tightly that we don't want to expose ourselves to um, really who we are, to other folks. We just don't. In the silence of the moment, I want you to praise your maker. Thankfulness and gratefulness is a part of that, but it goes Much deeper into adoration. That we lay it down and we stand in awe of God. We're not in control. Some of us have experienced that greatly this week. As much as we act like it, we're not in control. But I know who is. And he deserves our praise. In your seat, I want you to whisper a prayer in your heart a praise to God Father you are the king of kings and the lord of lords your name is above every name today and every day You are our strength. You are our resolve. You are our maker. You're everything to us, and we're desperate for you. And today we're not enough. Tomorrow we're not going to be enough. We're not enough. And everything that you are, we want desperately and you can bring it to us. We just, we praise you today. We lay down who we are, and you fill us up today with who you are. About caring for people, about loving people. You are our example today, and we rest in you for it's your name that we pray. Amen.
0: Well, I know today was a little different. I know that we worshiped a little differently. Whether you were at home or in this room, I hope there was something that encouraged you, lifted you. Maybe you came in and like we talked about before, you're a little heavy. And I hope that today this has challenged you, encouraged you, inspired you, that we have access to the one true God and His power, by the power of His Spirit that indwells us, goes with us wherever we go. And so today you have opportunity as you leave these walls and walk into your wake to lift the spirits and lift the hearts and minds of those around you who might might walk through life a little heavy right now. We trust that he saves. And the authentic faith that we have in Jesus that gives us life might inspire someone else this week. I hope that you'll take that opportunity. This concludes James for us officially. Um, we're starting a new series next week and we're going to look at four aspects of love through 1st and 3rd John and I'm really looking forward to it. We're just going to have a one kind of four-week series through November on love. So it really doesn't stop. It's just going to kind of continue James to November. Um, but I, be praying for that. And I hope this week you have an amazing week serving alongside your God as you see others come to life in Him.